Hello, my name is Alexander and I'm the Education Coordinator at Youth Employment Services. And my name is Maureen Morrison and I am an Employment Facilitator with Youth Employment Services. Today we are going to be talking about job hunting, every step of job hunting, and what not to do during, you know, when you're trying to apply for a job. Uh, usually we try to have positive episodes, but these are, these, we're going to be talking about stories about times that we've seen people, we've seen ourselves just do things that are just, you should not do when you're trying to look for a job. So I'm actually going to start off not with talking about the job hunters, but I'm going to actually talk about employers for a minute first, because I wanted to make it clear that it's not just job hunters who make these mistakes. There's also a lot of things employers do when they're posting jobs or when they're searching for talent that is really annoying as an employment specialist. I've just got to be honest, whenever I see these things, it just gets my goat. So one of my least favorite is seeing job postings that don't have a location on them, especially for companies that have maybe many franchises or there's many locations at the same kind of store like in the city. It makes it really hard because especially if someone lives in one corner, say the northwest corner of the city, they're not necessarily going to have the capacity to bus for two hours to get to work every day. So that's something that really gets my goat is when a job posting does not have a location and there's no way to find it. And, you know, I don't want to pump my own tires up too much here, but I'm pretty good at, at doing the research on job postings because it's my job. I've done a lot of it. And there have been times where I just, no matter how hard I look, I absolutely cannot figure out which location of a certain kind of store is hiring, even though I can see the job posting up there, even though I've gone through their own application on their website. And that to me, is just there's really crucial information that should be there. So that's a pretty common mistake that I see. Another common one, very similar to this, is they'll be missing information about what the specific job requirements are. Like they might have a whole big paragraph about the company itself and what kind of culture they like to have at the company and, you know, what kind of person they're looking for. It'll usually say like, for a retail job or something like that. They're looking for someone energetic and outgoing and has previous retail experience, but they don't actually list the job responsibilities. You know, they totally missed out. And I, I'm looking at it, especially, you know, more and more we're seeing jobs that don't have really straightforward titles because you might see a job that instead of sales associate, it's like wellness ambassador or coach or, you know, something that's related to the store that you're working for, but isn't a straightforward title. So sometimes when I see those and, you know, I'm looking with, with clients for jobs, it's really hard for me to say, oh, this is probably what this job is when it's totally missing job responsibilities. And all it has is this is the kind of person we're looking for. So that's another thing that I find a little annoying in terms of job hunting. And the last one I'm going to touch on for employer not to do's is when employers interview a whole panel of people for a job position and they only contact the one that got the job. I know I've been in positions where I'm at a job interview and I really want to know, right? Even if I didn't get the job, it's that, that waiting period after a job interview where you are just on edge waiting to find out if you got this job or not. And it sucks so much not knowing if you're ever going to get a call back. So something that I've always done when I'm job hunting and something I really encourage clients to do to kind of get around that is ask them will you be contacting everyone you interviewed to let them know whether or not they got the job? So that way, at least you know if you should be expecting a call or not, 
Or if they say, no, they're not going to be contacting everyone, then you can ask a follow-up question of, how long do you expect it'll be before you fill this role? And if they say, you know, one week, or if they say two weeks, then you have an idea of when you should do a follow-up call just to check in if you haven't heard anything so that you can get a yes or no answer. So those are some of the top three things I would say that bugs me about employers and what not to do, just to kind of start us off so that we don't think it's only job searchers that make kind of mistakes or make it annoying for themselves. So that's what I have to say about that. When it comes to that, you know, you have to deal with some employers that are very, that are the best necessarily at hiring people because they might forget to call you back. That's why it's important as a job searcher for you to be on your game, to be the best you can to job search. With that said, there are some things that people do that just won't work and I get really upset about because I'm very passionate about job searching. One of the biggest mistakes that people do, I think, is to go with your point with people not contacting you, is that a lot of times employers will say, okay, we'll get back to you in two weeks, and they don't. And then you, as, as somebody who got the interview, you just sit there and think, oh, well, I'm not going to hear a call back. No, you should be the one to call them back to find out, did I get the job or not, or, or why not? So you have to take the initiative. So people who don't take initiative, it, it kind of annoys me a little bit because you are the person who wants a job, not, not the other person. In addition to that, some people apply for one job and then they get really upset that they, didn't, that they didn't get the job. In some ways, you should try to expect that people are going to reject you just a little bit. So that's why it's important to always keep on applying for jobs. Don't just give up right there. Another thing that people do is they only apply on Indeed. They send in their resume and then that's it. They sit back and you could apply for 100 jobs like that and you might not hear from any of them. So that's why, again, you call the employer yourself so you're not just some other resume that you hand in. Really make sure you do your research. That's another huge thing that I really emphasize is research, research, research. If you don't research, well, you're not gonna be a very good job hunter. You're not gonna figure out what they really need and what they need for employee-wise. You wanna to try to be the best that you can. So that, that's really all it is. Just research a lot. Really make sure you take initiative. Because if you don't take initiative, then nobody's really going to pay attention to you at all. So that, that, that's really what I have to say about job searching. Just don't be somebody who sits back and just waits. Apply for many jobs. I know I've done this in the past. That I apply for one job and then I don't get it and I'm really upset. When, when I first came to Winnipeg, I only applied for one job and that was it. And that wasn't very good of me. I should have applied for more. Luckily, now I have a job here because I applied to multiple jobs. So you should really do that. Always apply for multiple jobs. Even if you think you have a feeling that, oh, I'm going to get this job, be prepared that you might not get the job because that's really the reality of that. Another big problem people have when they're job searching is making poor resumes when they're searching. And Maura, maybe you could talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I do a lot of resume appointments, and I honestly love doing it because there is nothing more satisfying to me than sitting down with someone and hammering out a beautiful one-page resume that they can feel really good about applying to jobs with. A lot of times, the clients I work with either don't have a resume or they have one that they know needs some work. And so what we did actually before we recorded this episode is 
we went into our group chat where we had all been discussing what are some of our biggest resume pet peeves. So these answers are not just from me. These are from all of our staff here at Yes. And these are some of the biggest pet peeves we have when we look at resumes and we're going to update or create a brand new resume. Here's a lot of the things we see that we don't like to see. So here's a big old list. So not capitalizing things that need to be capitalized. So some common things that should be capitalized are things like previous work environments, right? A store is usually considered a proper noun. It should be capitalized or a company should be capitalized, things like that. You should obviously capitalize the beginning of every sentence. You should be capitalizing your name, your street name, addresses, things like that. So just make sure that when you're going through your resume, you look through, is everything capitalized that should be capitalized? Are there any capitalized letters there that shouldn't be capitalized, right? Just, just be careful of that. Another thing is inconsistent formatting. So that one is a big issue, right? So I know it can be pretty finicky with sometimes you're trying to get certain things to line up and it's hard, you're pressing tab, you're pressing space, you're moving the, the bullet points around. But it is really important because it can look really, really messy if things aren't lined up. That's something that the staff here at Yes are really used to doing. I definitely improved a lot at formatting when I started this job and I'm pretty good at it now, but it's only because it's something that I do all the time, right? I'm making resumes most days and working on resumes with people. So it's something I've spent a lot of time doing and I have a lot of tricks for it now. So if you are having trouble with your formatting, definitely come to us at Yes and we can work with you to get that formatting down. Another big thing is punctuation issues. So be consistent. If you wanna have full sentences in your resume, great. And you wanna use periods at the end of those, great. But make sure that there's a period at the end of every sentence of your resume, or make sure there's no periods. You just don't wanna have inconsistent punctuation throughout the resume, because again, it looks messy. It looks like you don't pay attention to detail. Another thing that we see often is just sentences or skills that are just one or two words. So you don't really want to take up a whole half of your resume with a big list of things where there's only one word on each line that just says like caring, pays attention, strong, physically fit, things like that. You want to be able to find full sentences and ways to word those that give a little bit more detail to the employer because they want to know more about you. Another thing is using different fonts. So it's okay if you wanna make your resume stand out, have one or two different fonts, but I've definitely seen resumes before that have five or six different fonts and it just looks stressful. There's just too much going on. I think for me, the way that I like to make different parts of the resume stand out are using things like bold or italics or even changing the sizes of the font in some sections if there's a section that I really wanna highlight on someone's resume but I don't really use different fonts. I typically tend to stick to one because there are a lot of ways that you can make certain sections stand out without having to use a whole bunch of different fonts, which can get, like I said, very hectic and stressful looking on the resume. Another thing is misspelled words. If you see that little red squiggly line underneath the word, check it. <laughs> I've definitely seen this on resumes. I've seen this on a lot of resumes words that are misspelled. And it's not even just that someone used the wrong form of a word in the case where there's many different meanings and the words are spelled differently but sound the same. It's not that I've seen words that are straight up spelled the wrong way. There's a red squiggly line underneath and that person hasn't done the right click 
to fix it. And so that's something that's pretty easy. Again, if that's something you struggle with, come to Yes. We can help you out with doing a spell check on your resume. No problem. And another thing is having a resume that's too long. I see this a lot. It's people trying to show that they have a lot of skills or they have a lot that an employer would want to see, but then what they end up doing is having a resume that's way longer than any employer wants to read. Especially when you're looking for more entry-level positions, you probably don't need a resume that's more than one page tops. You can fit everything you need into one page. There's ways that we can fit a lot in, and that's making the margins smaller. It's you know ensuring that you're not duplicating information, especially if you've had multiple similar jobs. There's lots of ways that you can still pack a lot in to a one-page resume. I've been working for almost 10 years and my resume is one page. So that's something that, especially if you've only had maybe one job or you're looking for your first job, you don't need to have a multiple page resume by any means. And the last thing is a one word job description. So again, this is something that we see often. So let's say someone worked at a restaurant, then underneath they just have three bullet points. One says server, one says dishwasher, and one says busing tables. And that doesn't give an employer a lot of information about what you actually did, right? They might be able to do some guesswork, but what you should do instead is have a full sentence describing what your job duties were or what kind of accomplishments you had at that job. So I know it was a lot, but it's something that we see all the time here at Yes for every single one of those. So if it's something that you're worried your resume maybe has one or two of these things on it, bring it to us, we can help you go through it with a fine tooth comb and get it up to snuff. And on the flip side of resumes, something else you should always be including with a resume is a cover letter. So Alexander is going to tell us a little bit more about what not to do there. A lot of people write cover letters very generically. A lot of people say something like, I would be very good for this position because blah, blah, blah. And then they, they send that same cover letter to every single job that they apply for. Just like with resumes, you're supposed to target your resume to the specific employer if possible. You want to do that even more per your cover letter. So each job, you should change it up. Or, and I've actually done this before in the past, I write, I'm, I'm trying to apply for this position for this job and I actually write the wrong job because I, I recycled my letter. Try not to do that. Of course, you can paraphrase things that you've talked about in your resume and your cover letter before, but really try to keep it different. Just like if you were to write a love letter to somebody and then next year you find somebody else you like, would you recycle that love letter to give to the to another person? No, that's weird, that's, that's not good. You really wanna work for this person, show them that you really wanna work for them. So make it for specifically for that job you're applying for. Don't recycle it too much. Another thing just quickly with cover letters that I see is people forgetting to format it like an actual letter. I see this all the time with people applying to jobs like online, especially on Indeed, where they just write, you know, please accept my application for this job, but they don't include their contact information at the top. They don't include the employer's contact information at the top. And they just write it like a one paragraph little thing instead of a letter. So it feels a little funny, but even if you're sending it in online, do the research to find out what the mailing address is. Get the address, get the postal code for this employer, 
and put that in the letter, format it like a letter, say, dear so-and-so, have your first paragraph. At the end, say sincerely or whatever ending you want to do and your name. It is a letter, even if you're sending it online. Another thing, too, to work with that is that when you write the cover letter, say what you are applying for. So a lot of people don't do that. They just say, I would be good for the position. What position? Talk about the specific position you're actually applying for. That's something very important to do, too. And also, don't just talk about why you're good, but talk about why you want to be part of the company, too. Show a little bit of passion. Have some detail. I, I'm thinking about cover letters that I've seen really bad in the past. The worst one I've ever seen was somebody wrote, this was all their, their cover letter was. They said, please accept my application and notice I have a college degree. Thank you. And that was it. That was the only, that's what the cover letter said. And I was telling him, and this guy, he was a little bit older and he's been out of work for many years. And I said, yeah, you have a college degree, but why is that important? Write about why it's important. That's, yeah, that's a cover letter you don't want to be submitting. Once you've applied for a job, you've kind of not done any of the things that we've been talking about today, you might get yourself an interview. And here's some of the not to do's for interviewing. And again, I see this all the time. And it's something that I really encourage clients not to fall into. So don't ever forget to prepare for the interview. I know for some people, their rationale is that if they overthink it, They'll get too nervous and they will bomb the interview. However, if you don't think about it at all and you don't take the time to research the company, review the job description that you applied for, you're going to have no idea what to say when you go in there. If you haven't thought about any of the questions, you're going to have to come up with everything on the spot and they'll be able to tell that you didn't prepare. So never forget to prepare. Never do that. Always set aside time. I know sometimes the turnaround between getting a phone call for a job interview and the job interview can only be a day or two, but make sure you find at least an hour or two to sit down, think about why you would be a good fit for this job, and think about how you would answer some of those common interview questions. And we've definitely done lots of podcasts, episodes about job interviews, how to prepare for them, what some common interview questions are, so you can take a listen to those as your prep work. You could also book an appointment with an employment facilitator to do a mock interview or interview prep. There's lots you can do on your own and with other people in order to prep for interviews. And when you're actually in the interview, some people plan to show up just right on time. And especially right now, it's snowy outside. We're going into the winter. You need to plan to get there early. You can't plan to just to show up right on time. You always need to aim to be 15 minutes early for a job interview, 15 to 10. And if you know that the buses are going to be slow or traffic's going to be slow or you're going to be a slower walker because of the ice on the ground, you need to make sure that you leave the house earlier in order to get to that job interview early. And the last one I have to say about this, I could go on about this forever, but the last one that I'm going to highlight is do not chew gum. I know a lot of people want to chew gum. They want their mouth to smell good. You know, they don't want to walk in with bad breath. But it can be really distracting for the interviewer if you're chewing gum the whole time. If you're smacking on that gum while you're talking, they're not going to be listening to what you're saying. They're just going to be listening to gum and be really distracted by that. So do not chew gum. And then after the interview, Alexander has some stuff to say about this. What are you going to share with us? 
Well, first of all, I'll bring up what I try to bring up every single podcast we do. Be a little bit like Uncle Julio. A lot of people, when they finish with an interview, that's it. And they just wait. Be like Uncle Julio because he actually called before he got the job to, to make sure that they were thinking about it, to remind. I think a lot of times people just, they sit back and they wait and they think, okay, this, this person's just going to give it to me or maybe not. No, you should be the one to call because who wants the job? Not the employer doesn't want the job. You are the person to, that wants the job. So you really should follow up because a lot of people forget to follow up with an employer. And of course, like I talked about this in the beginning, don't just stop at that one job. Keep on applying for more jobs. Another big thing that people get wrong is that they they hear they hear back that they didn't get the job or they, they don't even hear back from the employer at all. And I've actually had a participant like this in the past. They were so frustrated about this that they stopped job searching. They said, I applied for this job. I didn't even get a rejection. Well, they didn't even call me back. So just they like they don't care. This this person's a jerk and I, I don't want to I, I can't do this anymore. And it does get frustrating. But you can't just put up your hands and think this person doesn't care. And maybe they don't care to an extent. But at the same time, you need to be the professional one. Employers do make mistakes. Employers aren't perfect. And there's a lot of things about employers that we are annoyed by that we talked about before. But it's important for you to not just write them off. Just keep on going. Keep on applying for jobs. You be the professional one. You should be the person to call. If they don't call, well, that's their problem. You're the one who wants that job, not them. Mm -hmm. And on a personal note for that, I applied at Yes twice before I got this job. And this doesn't reflect poorly on Yes at all. It's just that I wasn't really the right fit the first time I applied for a position. But I didn't write that off, right? So I didn't even get an interview the first time I applied at Yes. But I knew that Yes was somewhere that I really wanted to work. And so the next time I saw a job come up, I applied for it and I ended up getting it and here I am in this position now and I love it and it's something that I'm very successful in, but I actually had to apply here twice. So I think that's something that's important to note. It's it for everybody, these tips apply, right? So I'm really glad that I applied twice because if I had seen that job posting again and said to myself, oh, well, they didn't even call me last time for an interview. So I'm not even going to bother applying. I wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't be talking into this this podcast world right now. So that's just something something to think about is these are important for all of us to follow. And just to end off here, don't feel bad if any of these are things that you've done before. There's definitely things I've talked about today that I've done before I knew better or that I've done even somewhat recently. So it's okay. There's space to learn from there. And if this is something that you want help with, anything we've talked about today, you can find us at yesmb.ca and there you can go to our contact us page to find our employment facilitators and get in touch with us today to book a resume appointment or an interview appointment or a job searching appointment. We can help you with all of it. We help youth age 16 to 29 located in Manitoba with free employment services. Thanks for listening to the job pod.